Exodus chapter 12 and verse 1. I want to speak on the subject of the Lord's Passover. The Lord's Passover. And in this we see the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Passover. Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 that Jesus is our Passover. This is a type of Christ. Once again, God in the Old Testament, in the Pentateuch, or in the law of God, the, the words of Moses, we have another picture of Jesus. And you can't hardly read it and not trip over it. It just leaps off the pages that this is speaking of Christ. So I want to read here verses 1 through 13, and then we'll speak on different points as we go through. Verse, verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in the, that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire." his head with his legs and with the uh, puritanence thereof. He shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now again we said... This is the Lord's Passover. And we find here in Scriptures a wonderful picture and type of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The first thing I want to note this morning in verse 12 is He spoke of condemnation. He spoke of condemnation. And the Bible gives us this in this way. He said, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, 
both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now, nothing like this had ever happened before. Never a time in history have we read of, nor has it been declared in Scriptures, where there was a time in which an avenger came through an entire land and destroyed the firstborn of man and beast. Never. And we find here that this also teaches us that there's coming a day when God's going to do something He's never done before. If you turn over to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. We find the Bible tells us that one day the Lord Jesus is going to come and He's going to execute judgment. He's going to have a judgment and it's going to be a righteous judgment. This judgment in Egypt was a righteous judgment as well. And the Bible tells us that He's going to judge the inhabitants of the world just as He judged the inhabitants in the land of Egypt. And it says in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because He hath appointed a day in the which He will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom He hath ordained, whereof He hath given assurance unto all men, and that He hath raised Him from the dead. So just as sure as God would pass through the land of Egypt that night, and He would execute judgment, He's going to one day execute judgment upon all the inhabitants of this world. And He's going to do it in righteousness. And He's assured us in that He raised the judge, Jesus Christ, from the dead. So we don't have to wonder at all, do we? We don't have to say, well, I wonder if this is actually going to take place. It is. Jesus, God is going to judge the world in righteousness by His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us here in our text of Exodus, just as God would come through the land taking vengeance upon it, we find that one day Jesus is going to come in flaming fire taking vengeance on all them who believe not in Him. And there's but one thing that can be done, and that is the same here as in Exodus, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Now this was the condemnation. These were condemned. God said in verse 12 of Exodus 12, He said, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. Egypt is indicative, it's a type of the world. And he said, I'm going to pass through it this night. He hasn't told us when he's going to judge the world again. He's only told us that he will do it. He said, I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. You see, he reserved it that he was going to judge everything, but he was going to display that judgment only on the firstborn of man and beast. But when he does 
this next judgment is going to be on everybody. It's going to be on everything. He's going to judge the quick or the living and the dead. And the Bible tells us that He's going to judge in righteousness. And the Scriptures declare that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Scriptures declare that the wages of sin is death. The Scriptures declare that those who do not believe on the Lord Jesus are already condemned. You can find that in Romans 3.23. Romans 6.23 and John 3.18 All have sinned. And such was the case with these in Egypt and such was the case with each and every one of us here today. We've all sinned. Death passed upon all and all have been condemned already. You see, we find out we've spent a lot of time, a lot of years, a lot of research, a lot of money trying to figure out death. Death is evidence of sin. The Bible tells us. It gives us the answer. You know where death came from? It came from sin when the disobedience of one man sent into the world and death passed upon all men because all men have sinned. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. And you'll notice here in verse 12, God puts His stamp of approval, His signature on the dotted line, if you would, I am the Lord. If you have any questions, Israelites, if you have any questions, Pharaoh, Here's where you can be sure. I am the Lord. Now, this was the last plague, wasn't it? He had spent nine different plagues already. If you read through it, you read all these things that God did proving that He was in control. He is the Lord, isn't He? And you see now, all the things that are going on in the world today are in fulfillment of God's Word, just like the other nine plagues were. Do not question the Lord. Do not trifle with Him. Do not delay, but come to Him and have the blood applied. These here were under condemnation. This was God's sentence. It was His signature. He had signed it. He had approved of it. And he said, here's what's going to happen. And folks, I'm sure in Egypt said, oh, this will never happen. And it did. And I know a lot of people today who look at the Bible and what it says about the Lord coming again and Him judging the earth and Him judging the inhabitants and writes, oh, it will never happen. Well, He told us it would. In fact, he told, he told Mo, or Noah, Noah preached for 120 years about the flood coming. People didn't believe him and it still came. You read here in Exodus, not only did God tell him about the condemnation, 
He also provided a substitutionary sacrifice whereby they could be saved. Isn't that amazing? The God who's been offended, the God who's been trespassed against, the God who's been sinned against, He also provided the way of satisfaction. I don't know about you, but somebody offends me. And the way we usually handle things, I'm sure you're included, is we don't do nothing. We just expect them to come to us and apologize and figure it out themselves. But God, He took care of everything. He said in verse 11, Exodus chapter 12 and verse 11, And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. It's the Lord's Passover. It's all His. And He told them here in these first few verses, verses 3, 4, 5, and 6, He declared unto them, this is a picture of the Gospel. That God is declaring to you that judgment is coming and there is a substitute for you. This is the good news. Listen. Exodus 12 and verse 3. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel. He said, tell it to every one of them. Tell it to every one of them. Don't leave any of them out. Here's what I want you to tell them. Saying in the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish a male the first year. He shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And he shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So God said, here's what I want you to do. He told Moses there, he says, here's who you're going to tell, and here's what they're going to do. You know, God's told us the same thing, hadn't He? He said, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel of repentance to who? Unto every creature. And you tell them what? You tell them they need to repent and they need to believe the gospel. Here God said, I want you to tell these folks and this is what you're going to tell them. And this is a wonderful picture of Christ. You read here that the Bible tells us this was their only way of escaping the judgment to come. There was nothing else. We've read all the way down through verse 13. You can finish reading the 12th verse. There was no other substitute given whereby the firstborn would be saved. This was it. Either you were going to take this animal, you are going to do exactly what God said, you are going to kill it, you are going to put the blood on the two doorposts and on the lintel, the beam that goes across the top, you are either going to do that or the firstborn of beast and man in your house was going to die. You couldn't even say, well, what if I got a calf? 
Or what if I took this dog? Or this cat? Or this, this whatever? No, nope, had to be a lamb, had to be of a sheep or a goat. And there's only one that's been given to us whereby we must be saved. That is Jesus Christ. There is no other substitute. John the Baptist declared, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. There is no one else who has been declared to take away sin. Here is another example of the law of God, the writings of Moses declaring Jesus Christ as the only Savior. If you're here this morning and you're trying to do right and do good and make yourself be right with God, here is another example that Christ is the only way you're going to be saved. It's either your blood's going to be shed or His blood is shed for the remission of sins. Either you're going to pay the penalty or He paid it for you. There's no in between. The Bible says in John 3.17, For God sent not His Son to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. The world is already condemned. The world's already condemned. He said, I'm coming into the land of Egypt, and here's what I'm going to do, and here's the only way you're not going to be condemned. John 3.36 He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Can you imagine that night, that next morning, you wake up, firstborn in every house that didn't have blood on the doorposts and lintel, their, their, their children are dead. Their animals are dead. The Bible tells us what happens. There was great weeping. Even in the house of Pharaoh, not even the king was spared. They're all slain. Because they didn't adhere to the substitute. The Bible says of this substitute, he was a lamb without blemish. He was to be a male. All of this is indicative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Either the firstborn or the substitute must die. Every man. Notice the words again. He said here in verse 3, Speaking unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man. Everyone was in need of a substitute. And there's not a single person among us here this morning who's without exception. Do you have your lamb? Is Christ your lamb? He's the only one who will take away the sin of the world based on the authority of the Word of God. Not one house lacked a lamb. Isn't that something? I, I read, we was reading here, and you know you get into the book of Numbers. You know a lot of people, they don't like the beginning of Numbers. Oh, they just counted and they counted and they counted. You remember the Bible talk, told us that when Jacob went into Egypt, there was what, 70? And when they numbered the men, in the book of Numbers chapter 1, there were 603,550 adult males. Roughly estimated, there's about 2.4 million people. 430 years. 
I'm told that's an average of a 2.2% population growth rate. Some people say, oh, that's impossible. We're at a 2.5 right now. That's not impossible. It's average. 2.4 million people, and they had a lamb for every household. And they didn't run out of lambs. Isn't that something? God had provided for all the people. And you know, if you're here this morning lost, as the, I've heard said before, there's room at the cross for you. There's room in Jesus Christ still, isn't there? It's not full. Now I want you to notice as well, this substitute had to be killed. Exodus 12 and verse 6. And he shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. The wages of sin is death, isn't it? It's death. It is separation from God. When you die physically, the soul and spirit are separated from the body. When you die spiritually... You are separated from God. And when you combine those two, when you're dead spiritually and you die physically, you are eternally separated from God. The Bible tells in Hebrews 9 verse 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. You see, there's no forgiveness. There's no pardon. There's no redemption unless blood shed. And here was this one. It had to be a male, indicative of Christ, had to be without blemish, speaking of its sinfulness or sinlessness and its innocency. The Bible tells us there's only one of whom the, of Scripture says that God testified, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The Bible tells us that under examination of human beings, they said, I find no fault in Him. Why the thief on the cross said, we're justly condemned, but He's done nothing. Surely He was without blemish. But you and I are sinners filled with blemishes. Filled with guilt. And there's but one penalty, and that's death. And there on the tree of the cross at Calvary's hill, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? As he suffered the penalty of my sins. He was forsaken of God. He was separated from God. And He bore my sin debt that I wouldn't have to bear it. But this is not all that had to take place on the night of the Passover. See, they couldn't just kill the sacrifice. We read in the next few verses, verse 7 through 11, thirdly, the application of the blood. See, it's not enough that Jesus died at Calvary. The blood still has to be applied to something. 
And we're told in verse 7, And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. I'm sure there are some people who say, Oh, I, I just I can't imagine doing such. Oh, it won't look right. Well, then they're firstborn, we're going to die. I'm sure some philosophers of that day said, well, this, this doesn't make any sense. You know what doesn't make sense? Is that the innocent Son of God died on the cross to pay for my sins. That does not make sense. Nevertheless, it is exactly what took place. You see, the blood had to be applied to the doorpost, the lintel, the beam, stone, or wood that goes across the top of the door. And the blood had to be put there in that exact location. And if it wasn't there, then when the avenging angel came through, there would be death. Say, what about all these other things? Say, Say somebody had done this and somebody had done that. Well, let's look over the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7. <clears throat> Want to know verse 21 through 23. You know, it's an amazing thing today how folks want to do everything and anything but do what God says to be saved. They don't want to believe. They don't want to repent. They don't want to trust on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. They don't want to look to the Lamb of God, high and lifted up, even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. They'll believe all manner of things, but not this. They'll trust all manner of things. Again, well, what if I do this? And what if I do that? Isn't that good enough? Listen to Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. What is the will of the Lord? Take the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel. That was His will in that day. And you imagine somebody saying, this is going to keep an avenging angel from coming into my house and slaying my firstborn and, 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 and my firstborn of the beast? Yep, because God said it would. That's all they had was the Word of God. That's all they had. That's all you have. That's all we have and that's all we need is the Word of God. He went on to say in Matthew 7.22, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils or demons, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What's, what didn't they do? They didn't do what He said. They didn't believe on His only begotten Son. They didn't repent. You know what they were doing? They were trying to make themselves favorable to God. You cannot do that. It is mercy and grace or it is nothing. And so he told them, you have to take this blood 
and put it on the doorpost and on the lintel. And you know, your, the blood of Christ needs to be applied to you today. How is this done? By faith in Jesus Christ. God applies the blood to your account and to my account. That moment we believe, the blood is there. And He said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. He didn't say, when I see your good works, when I see how you adorn the doorposts with all your labors and picking the flowers and, and getting all the stuff and just decorating the front door porch, when I see that, I'll pass over you. He said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. If there isn't any blood there, He's going to slay. Well, look over to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Who is our Passover? Well, it's Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. Paul writing in the church at Corinth. And I, I just, it's so unmistakable that Christ is the fulfillment of this Passover lamb. He said in verse 7, Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Christ, He's already been sacrificed. He was delivered by the terminate counsel and foreknowledge of God. His blood was shed at Calvary. And now by faith, His blood is applied to you and me. It's put on our account and God sees it and there will be no death because death has already occurred. The death of the substitute, Jesus Christ. And when He sees the blood of Christ, He'll pass over. Look in verse 13. Fourthly, this morning, not only was there a condemnation, not only was there a substitute, not only was the blood applied, but fourthly, this was all confirmed by God. All confirmed. You read here in Exodus 12 and verse 13, He said, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. You see, it was only the blood that made them safe. And it was God's Word that made them sure. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can make you safe from the avenging, from the wrath of God. And how do you know that you're going to be safe? Because He said so. Because He who cannot lie said so. Because He gave us evidence after evidence after evidence, time after time after time, that this is the Word of the Lord. And it shall not be broken. John 3.18, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You see, you're already condemned. 
And then the Bible says in Romans 8.1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. How do you know there's no condemnation? Because God said there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. There's no more condemnation. There's no fault to be found. There's no guilt. It's all washed away in the blood. And God said, when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over you. He wrote it down. It's clear as can be. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And then He doubled down on it. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. Could be any clearer. So the question is, do you have the blood of Jesus applied to your account by faith? You're not going to earn it. You're not going to work for it. You're not going to do better. You're not going to try harder and God's going to say, oh, I'm going to put the blood on him because he just his effort's real good or her effort's real good. It's only applied by faith. And that's what these Israelites had. Every one of them who took a lamb and killed it, set it up. They had to take a male, an innocent one. They had to close it up for a few days. Then they killed it on that night. And they went and took the blood, put it on the doorpost and lintel. They roasted it with fire, which is indicative of judgment. See, the lamb was judged. Not them. And they had to do all that and they had no evidence except the Word of God. That's all you have to go by. I tell you what, you've, you've believed greater, or you've believed other things with less, less evidence from lying, sinful men. We all have. Are you here without the blood? If so, you need to come to Christ that you might be saved from the wrath to come. That you might have the blood that when the day of judgment comes, He'll pass over you. So we pray that you might come unto Christ and be saved. We want to stand and sing a verse of invitation that the Lord's spoken unto you for salvation, church membership, Rededication, we implore you to come and share with us what God's put on your heart. Brother Frank, you what number shall we sing? Turn to page 